Oye, Cere. Oye, Cere. Compadre. <laughs> I feel like they have morphed into things that we don't know anymore, you know, like these these greetings, these Miami <laughs> greetings. I feel that we're behind with us. <laughs> yeah, no, I said must it must be something else by now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I said it was new ish. Ish, know. yeah, totally. It's like it's the Cuban. Like, oh my God, I'm not going to, sh- like, we, we have made an agreement not to name check anybody. But I do remember. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna say the name. I'm just. I'm already having too much fun. Yeah. The chisme. Chisme is What's gossip the... for for my American listeners. Uh, first of all, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. What's my thesis? What's my thesis? What's my thesis? Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join me as we explore and expand our worldviews through research and ask, what's my thesis? Um, Today, (laughs) I'm immediately remembering (laughs) stories. But anyway, how uh, this is, my guest is Jessica Gisper, and we're very excited. We're going to take a little bit of a different approach because your topic today is, say it. Santeria. Coño, que serio. El voodoo. Haitian <laughs> <laughs> voodoo or just voodoo in general? Caribbean voodoo? No. I mean, it's not... I, I'm sure if you ask certain people, they would say, no, it's it's different from uh, Haitian voodoo, which it is, but it um, definitely is a religion that was, or a belief system that was brought over through colonialism, um, uh, through slaves. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's in that realm of, uh, of believing in ancestors, for example. So wow. that's probably the relationship there, but it's not exactly the same thing. So, yeah. Well, that's a pretty good tease, but first I want to get a little bit into Miami because, because yeah. Oh yeah. Cause that's <laughs> like I, why we're even talking about this. <laughs> Absolutely. This is like what I was telling you off air was that, um, this is like, it's it, like Santeria has always just kind of been one of those things that's in the background. Like you would walk into people's houses and they'd have shrines. I know your yeah. experience is very different and we'll get into that. But mm-hmm. uh, but we're also going to veer off. I want to give people a heads up that we're going to have crazy tangents about just Miami-ness in general, especially in the <laughs> 90s, because it's a very specific thing. And and uh, and we happen to both be somewhat experts on it, having lived through it, right? <laughs> we're definitely more experts on that oh, we than we are. We definitely have miles under <laughs> our wings. Uh, with our with our relationship to Miami, Florida, not oh to be God. confused with Ohio. <laughs> I I wonder but, if it's anywhere near as weird. I would say that what people don't realize, maybe. 
Maves, I love it. <laughs> That's Getting not a Miami my thing. Miami role. No oh, is that a is, is that a Miami thing? Oh, well, yeah. I, you you recently posted a question about uh, it was a survey on Instagram about <laughs> yes. whether splacking was a Miami word, and I hit yes, <laughs> and it was a hundred percent. No one had any question of like. <laughs> I yeah I honestly I, I feel like some of those people who responded were also not even from Miami so I was like you don't know anything <laughs> but maybe but you're correct because you're right because your answer was no scamming was more of was <laughs> no also that, that, that was that I think that was someone else pero pero yeah I mean that was also definitely a term scamming yeah but sp- <laughs> splacking for people that don't know is <laughs> and I couldn't yeah. say having sex because it's vulgar, like, like, yo, we splacked, dog, <laughs> which is a little bit of the chumeria. <laughs> so, you know, so clearly I won't be sending a link to this podcast to my family. <laughs> it's safe I to can, say. I que ese niño, pero si es cubano, ¿por qué no habla mejor? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, there's just so many Miamiisms out there that it's like hard to to keep track, you know. So. What What are your favorites from growing up? Well, I I remember. Oof. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Go on. No no, 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 go on, go on. I just remember like it, it it would get so crazy. One of the things that I remember is that uh, comer mierda in Spanish means <laughs> like I'm not literally I'm, I'm bored. I'm not doing anything. And, and so, but when out here in California, when people say I'm eating shit, it's like, I'm having a really bad time, uh, like a really bad oh, experience. Really? Yeah. Like a comedian okay. was eating shit on stage kind of thing, you know, like, but, but for oh. us eating shit. I thought it was like <laughs> fooling around also, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I'm not like just shooting, shooting the shit. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Idling around. Right, exactly. Just idling. I didn't. Oh, it's so funny how these things kind of just uh, switch up in translation from place to place, and also a place like where there's many Latinos. So, like in LA, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, hmm. I definitely my accent in Spanish has has become very Mexican. I've but I didn't grow up there as much as in Miami as much as you did. So, I think yeah, you had it a, a little bit more ingrained in you, and you and yeah, you like. You sort of had, I think I used to be jealous of like people in Miami because since I was a little bit displaced uh, growing up, like I would see people that had known each other for like years and shit. And, and like, wait, because it, you didn't, you weren't born in Miami then. You were no, just I, raised there. Uh, uh, for, when did you move there? Uh, for middle school and high school and then okay. college, which is where we know each other from. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, we're fellow uh, FIU alums, go Panthers. Go Panthers. <laughs> oh, man, I was just on that campus. It's beautiful, you oh, know, compared to when we went, when we used to study there. <laughs> when it was in Barrio. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, it's huge. You know, they've got the law school, the med school, the museum. Um, it keeps expanding and expanding. When you graduated, um, did you get to show at the Frost Art? No. I was to, I still showed at the small little uh, museum. Patricia, that they had. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, I, hey, 
we got to be proud of something. You know? The early frost. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was great. I mean, I, it still was a really nice, uh, opportunity, but, um, yeah, no, now it's so different. It's lovely. I, and the, I mean, the library there is, is, is a gem. I honestly, I, on, yeah. even av- after like having lived in New York and gone to school up there, this library and its access, it's like a 24 hours a day library. Like that's really not that common and it's huge. <laughs> so I'm like totally in that fight. I spent, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time at that, uh, at, at that library. Like it was right? very, very cozy, very homey and, uh, yeah. and really bright too. Cause like sometimes those spaces oh, yeah. get a little, a little dark and kind of like fluorescent lighty, but <laughs> It was Florida. Yeah. So, by the way, what's the weather like right now? The weather's beautiful in Miami. The weather, I think, <laughs> we are <Suckers>. in the <laughs> mid sixties. <60s. laughs> uh, let me look at what we're in. What are you guys in? Well, I think we don't pay as close attention because it's more yeah, consistent. Yeah, because you don't have. You're like you have consistent weather. Yeah, you're in a cold front right now, as far as I can tell, from what right. you said. Which for me, I mean, this is lovely weather, but I'm just dying for it to get hotter because I don't live here anymore. I live in a wintry place in Germany. Oh, yeah, that's I'm right. I'm just dying we'll get for into it to be beach weather. Una cubanita. There's a comedian I want to recommend to you because uh, it's how I imagine your boyfriend. <laughs> I think I already talked to you about him when you were in town. But yeah, Flulaborg. Uh-huh. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't know him. But you t- you told me a story about your boyfriend, which cracked me up. Uh, that like <laughs> he might be listening. What is it? No, that 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 he, that he leans. That like sometimes he says something in a very thick Germany stereotypical accent, and then he leans into it. And I was like, oh, I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes for it. He goes for it. He he really he really like on purpose pushes like. The German accent, like instead of saying the, he'll say the, the something. <laughs> and it's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So I like um, it when people don't take themselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Especially Germans. Yeah. There's, there's kind of a stigma there, but they're lovely people too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was making a joke. I don't know any I Germans. Know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so tell me, tell me about uh, growing up, uh, Santeria and training expert, knower of all <laughs> things Santeria. Dude, by no means am I an expert, but um, I definitely grew up around it. Um, so as you said, like I think that growing up in Miami, this is something that if it's not directly in your family or even in your neighborhood, it is definitely prevalent. Um, and you might know a Santero in some way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. um, so if you know, um, if you know three Cubans, maybe <laughs> one of it's them is like, a yeah, five <laughs> degrees to a Santero. It's more like two degrees, but, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So my, um, yeah, I mean, my parents, uh, don't, aren't, aren't, uh, don't practice their religion, but definitely family members of them do. So, um, yeah, I grew up like an aunt of mine is, uh, I guess you could call her a Santeria priestess. And, um, she, 
would throw these amazing celebrations at her house and do initiations into Santeria in her house. Um, so I grew up going to a lot of these parties and rituals and initiations that were, you know, as a kid uh-huh. that were absolutely fascinating and I still remember quite vividly and still kind of have, sh- you know, they, they did a lot to shape my interest in, in occult kind of uh, practices. So, um, yeah, so that that's my background with it, you know, just being a kid and being around these kind of things. Um, they're really cool. They're yeah. really freaking cool. Yeah, I've definitely been getting a little bit into occult myself. Um just in general, I mean, I don't. I, we've already talked about this behind the scenes, which is nice because I don't have to repeat things that I've covered in other episodes. But, okay. um, but it's it's cool. Like, it is an interesting thing. I think that my my interest in it is growing. It's it wasn't something that like I think that um, one of the things that I was thinking about is that it's very easy to dismiss certain cultural beliefs because they didn't, you know, they weren't brought to us by certain people or like specifically, I mean, can you talk to the, to how the religion became what it is? Because I think that, I mean, I know a little bit about this, but you might have a better understanding of how saints, gods became saints and things like that. Can you? Okay. Yeah. 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 So to my understanding, um, so I guess I kind of have to, to explain. So the majority of slaves that ended up in Cuba through colonialism, where this is mostly practiced, this Santeria, were Yoruba people, which are mostly originating from Nigeria. And the Yoruba people have their own language and religion. And um, it's a very rich culture. And the Yoruba people believe in a system of gods, which they call Orishas. And they also believe in a higher supreme God, which um, I've heard mentioned as Obatala. Uh, maybe you've heard that word before, that, that <laughs> name before. It's very... It sounds like, a lot these, like... These, it's, it's, so is, that's your Cuban pronunciation of it, right? Yeah. Well, Obatala. <laughs> well, because well, yes, I was like, that sounds but like bacalao, but I wanted to be respectful before I made that commentary. Oh my God, no way. No. <laughs> Which no, is, uh, it is not. It's actually the it's the it's the Yoruba word. It's an African yeah, yeah, yeah. word. Obatala, but you right? but you're putting that cool Anita spin on it. <laughs> and I'm not that saying... I'm not too sure about. I haven't like hung out with the Nigerians yet, um, but I would love to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're gonna have to correct me on that. But um, so they have kind of it's kind of like um, so yeah they have a system of like a, a of a higher god and then they have of of these other gods which are Odishas, which are the ones that kind of work the same way that saints do in Catholicism. So wait, they that have, they are, can, they're, can you take a step back? I was still laughing at, at what we were talking okay, about. Yeah. So, um, no there's the, uh, so you was the Orishas are under a bigger God. Yes. So everyone is, it, is under this bigger God. Is it a mo- mono God or is in it, a way. or is it Titan gods? It's more like, um, what's it called? Like Brahman and Hinduism, which is more of like this bigger cosmic spiritual um, Hinduism, entity. Okay. 
but also kind of more like just this huge cosmic spirit that is everything. And you, in the sense that he is considered also just a God, but he's, he's the one like you don't, you don't interact with him as much as you do in the sense of prayer and uh, consultation for spiritual advice, for example, as you would with the other Odishas. He's got the other Odishas have a foot between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. So they okay. go to him. All right. So that's kind of like it. I mean, it's not, you can't kind of compare it in the same way that you might like, you know, compare it in Catholicism, but it does have similarities in the sense that Catholics believe in saints and saints yeah. are, you pray, pray, like saints pray for you, you know, saints, mm-hmm. you, you ask them to help you pray to, you know, for your ailment, for whatever it is that you need. And so and that's, that kind of relates. Catholics but, think they have like a complete, you know, the best solution to religion. Right. But that's, that's, don't all religions think that though? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, in terms of like, if you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. <laughs> right. But yeah. I think this is actually pretty good. You have like your saints work for you. Your um, saints work for you. Yeah. Exactly. They they move they move those prayers up the row for you. You know. Yeah. Um, so that's you know why people have affinities to certain patron saints for some reason or another. But where this all gets even involved is just like in the process of colonialism, where Spaniards are trying to convert slaves into Christianity, and, and basically, you know, from my understanding, that the slaves are like, well, you know what, we get to keep practicing our beliefs if we just start giving their saints, you know, these gods' names. So then they yeah. saw, for example, with the god Shango, with Shango, like he's he's the, uh, the the fire god, uh, kind of a warrior, and he's very strong and deals with lightning, and you know, wears the color affiliate affiliated to him is red. So mm-hmm. there they have Saint Barbara, you know, who wears a red robe and holds like uh, a Sorry. spade. <clears throat> you, you, so I, then they start hold to on. You kind of assign these things. Back up. You cannot up. you cannot call her Saint Barbara. Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> If you start doing that shit, I'm going to be so lost. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, who? (laughs) I know. Some things we just learn in the language that we can't. Sorry, American listeners. We just can't. Um. (laughs) Well, they know of a city called Santa Barbara. Right. Like the Santa Barbara. Right. Because if I see Santa Barbara in California, everyone's really confused. It's probably the same saint, but very different yeah. uh, reasoning behind it. Sorry. Exactly. I, like, I feel like I interrupted your flow to make a joke, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll forgive you. But <laughs> but the saints may not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's. I am actually scared of that. <laughs> they, I don't want people to think that I'm disrespecting. Like, I actually think that one of the things that's really sad um, is that, like, all of this stuff, like, I, I, as an adult, I'm mostly an apathist, but I do kind of prescribe to some sort of paganist Um like sensibilities, you know, in, in my experience, sure. like I'm, you know, I don't, it's, I can understand why it makes sense as opposed to monotheism and, 
you know, not to bash on right. that. I, I was definitely raised a Catholic, so no. that, that I mean, for context as well. I think yeah. I, one of the things in, that I'm experiencing in the U.S. is realizing that um, not everybody knows what that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even Catholic, you know. And I grew up in Rome, so it was fucking. <laughs> it was seriously Catholic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. It was like it was the magic of hypocrisy. I'm getting an echo from you now, I think. Oh. Hello? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're good. Okay. I was just hearing myself in yours. Go Anyway, but yeah, like, so, I mean, I definitely, when I, when I call out Catholicism, I'm not like, <laughs> I, I'm saying it as a person who has it ingrained in him, probably as much as you have this ingrained in you, you know, like. Well, I also have Catholicism. I grew up Catholic, you know, yeah. going to church and, um. And kind of also, but also note and really believing in God, you know, I mean, my, my beliefs are different now, but, um, I remember that, that, and I was thinking about that, you know, before we spoke about that, when I believed, you know, very intensely in something and like being a child and really being in the magic of going to church and believing in, and, and these things that we were that we were praising and then also seeing, you know, at the same time, you know, because the, the Cuban diaspora is so rich and variant, like going to at other points to these, these toque de santos, these kind of like, uh, Santeria related, uh, uh, situations and, and celebrations and seeing, you know, spiritual possession and seeing like a praise to something completely different and also like really, believing that. So, um, that kind of magic, um, is something so special to me that maybe I don't feel exactly the same way about it anymore, but, um, I still am very charmed by it in a way. Um, I'm still very, I mean, it's the same. It's kind of how I feel about, um, like Catholicism. I mean, I don't follow it. But and I and it's horrible <laughs> in very many ways. But at the same time, like I have a nostalgia for it, especially because I grew up in the city that had all of its propaganda, which was very influential on Western society. So I have a a little bit more of an academic detachment, you know. Sure. But, and also, I mean, my question to you is like. Don't you also have a relationship to the imagery and the and the you know oh, all of that that yeah. artistic part of it? Because that definitely draws me in first and foremost. You know, to Catholicism, to any, uh, to most religions. Um, well, it's it, you know not to like elevate something that people don't like or that people are resisting right now, but comic books. That's what. Catholicist art. <laughs> Catholic. Catholic. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly what that, <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um yeah, that it's it that I mean that's definitely been an influence on me. And I don't know if I use it to validate the fact that I get culture out of comic books, but it's definitely, Mm. you know, something that is not absolutely different. You know, it's a very narrative form of painting, which not all painting is. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it is didactic, or it's it's more directly communicative of an agenda. Um, you know, you have a lot of repeating stories, so people. It's like if you put some of those paintings up in a contemporary space, people aren't going to know it. They're not going to know that this image represents the Feast of Herod. This image represents, you know, it's a cultural um, education, right? Like, it's the same thing as, like, if I went up to, like, my the distance that I feel from Santeria when I was growing mm-hmm. up, um, you know, like, I guess what I'm saying is that the invention of comic book speech bubbles mm-hmm. made these things more timeless <laughs> and more legible <laughs> and understandable because if do not, you mean in relationship to like um catholic uh, art yeah catholic art okay like and uh, and, and, and so blows and things like that well and i would say that that's something like a shrine to uh san lazaro if oh, you don't if you don't know what the fuck that is you see it and you recognize that it's like a special place sure right sure and right. and that's like a shrine in the house. So I don't know if that like if that's necessarily something the church wants people to have the power to do. But yeah. but um hmm. but then you look at church so I'm just talking about the difference between like Catholicism being not necessarily universally accepted in the US as like a valid religion, but historically a very powerful one. And the, they're like into you, you go to their churches they've got fucking bones of people <laughs> oh sure you know and so, they're yeah. amazing and, and and it's fascinating but it's the same i mean it's it's the same base elements of uh of yeah this. you still worship your dad you know yeah that's it, that's and, part of it and and then there's the the uh the belief in the power of an object right like this person is dead their body is left or you know a more um, secular approach to it would be to say mm-hmm. that the body is nothing, right? Yeah. And, but but it's this belief that there's something still left in the person of that, right? Right. And it's usually, I mean, isn't it also that relics that are stayed behind belong to those who became saints or who were canonized or who were extra special in heaven, you know? Yeah. Kind of like St. Teresa of Avila's finger or toe is still there. And I saw it. It's like, where where are many? Do you remember? In Spain and Avila. I saw it once when I was like 14 or something, like the first time I went to Spain. Well, and I was like, no way. <laughs> and and a lot of that, like, you know, I'm, uh, I've, be, I've recently become a big fan of Ron Athey. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he mm-hmm. references St. Sebastian a lot. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that really made me understand what he was doing. Because in the 90s, he was doing stuff that was a little shocking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the context of now... He performed with vaginal Davis. He what? Often. He performed or collaborated a bunch with vaginal Davis. Do you know Vag? No. She's also a performance artist from from New York who's been based in Berlin for a very long time now. And a lot of in this kind of drag realm as well. Queer scene. It's really cool. 
Yeah, but anyway, not to go off on too much of a tangent describing someone's work, but I mean, obviously, it's stuff has to do with being a person that has HIV, and uh, I think contextually it exists in a much more deserving space now than it probably did when um, people were shocked by it where they maybe Mm. shouldn't have been. Right. Um, Right. And so, but, but I mean, we could go on about this kind of work, but, uh, but what I like is uh, the, you know, the St. Sebastian is the guy that got, um, yeah, yeah, he got hit with a bunch of arrows and, um, and so I find that's an interesting appropriation that, or uh, reference that he's making in his work. But um, there, when you go to certain cities, there's, there was a city that had him as their saint. And in, his, in the frescoes there, he has more arrows than he does in, <laughs> in any other frescoes because the city suffered a plague. <laughs> and it's all these, <sighs> like, <laughs> you know, very complicated relationships with these uh, deities, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is, I think that, like, with that, with that, I, I, I think that that compartmentalization, that separation of, um, of your belief system into certain deities. And like, that's a specific instance where one city put all their stock in one saint and then they resented him. But then the implication there is that there's somebody else that you can rely on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whereas in Catholicism or in Christianity in general, if like life lets you down, <laughs> it becomes okay. a very different experience. <laughs> so anyway, that's a sidetrack, but yeah. So, but like that, I think that that's an interesting space that we're existing in right now with, in terms of like, this shit is, it's, it's all, um, I think that like, if you're the people with the power and with the science and you're the ones colonizing, it's easy to dismiss these other tendencies, which like, and I, and Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's a cliche to say that like all religions are the same. Right. But there is a truth to the morbidness with which that we accept in certain places and where we frown upon them. Right. Like, like for example, the idea of ritual, uh, in, in terms of like, um, just religious practice. I mean, Catholics do rituals all the time. They have incense, they have all that crazy shit. Whereas this is brown people. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a question of ritual or more so a question of, um, of an unknown, um, uh, spirit that doesn't, uh, that they say, I think it's more of this thing where, I mean, with the Catholics and, and colonialism, they were just very uh, upset that it wasn't that they believed in the same God, you know? So they're like, there's only one God that we can accept. So all of this other stuff needs to, yeah, you know, so I mean, well, it's a so form of I control, think, obviously, right? Because you, then you yeah, can't have your exactly. shrines at home and, and all of these little details that, that, um, centralizes the power over belief. 
Right. Because if we're all believing the same thing, then it's easier to control all of you. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, I think that's more, that was more probably the case. And, um, <laughs> so <laughs> genuine I feel belief. The, the rituals that went with it, um, probably weren't as upsetting. I mean, I'm sure they were also practiced in, in secret, you know, like you can't be doing these kind of rituals that involve a lot of things that don't happen in Catholicism at all. Um, but this, but my understanding is that what Santeria is now, and what they call la regla de la osha and la regla de la ifa which is you know these these lineages that that happen in santeria what we call santeria is the 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 mixture of some catholic elements that also fit into this um African religion. It's not the one-to-one religion that is practiced in Yoruba culture. I mean, it's yeah. very much that, but there are also Catholic things. So like when I was speaking to that, my aunt who was initiated in the religion, she's like, she's like, you know, if you want to be un santero, if you want to be in la regla de la osha, you know, like initiated in it, then you have to be baptized by the Catholic church. If not, you're not allowed to do it. So that's already like oh, one wow. thing. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, so do they these see things, themselves as a as subordinate to Catholicism? I don't know if they'd say subordinate. I don't think because, they consider because it I that see way. it more of as as a like the way that I've always known it is that it's a subversion in in a sense, right? It's like we're going to keep our beliefs, and you're oppressing right. us, but we're going to you know still like we're not going to completely conform. But here's the beauty, I think, of their version of religion is that it has a lot of elasticity okay. and that they also um, welcome kind of certain rules and certain things that you that you that come from other places and that also um, allow you to just kind of live your life. Um, whereas maybe other religions are, might be more strict on certain rules of how you practice or follow. And also I, I, denominations. Are you saying the, the Santeros or the Catholics? Sa- Santeros are more, okay, yeah. are more flexible. So, but um, it's also, it's funny cause that's also a very Roman, you know, I think th- it's a very Roman approach, uh, to like it's very pagan roman but it's definitely a, a, a you know like before we had crusades we were learning from the arabs <laughs> oh i mean we as if i was a roman <laughs> well western society yeah see like that shows where I, I like i can't even really place myself as a white or a bl- uh, you know or a brown you know but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like but it's you're brown it, bro <laughs> i know I, I fucking learned that shit. <laughs> You're brown. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm brown to anyone whiter than me. Pero, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and I guess what I'm trying to do in a roundabout way is that I think that this is a much more postmodern approach to belief systems, right? Instead of considering an, an, an antiquated approach, Right. The flexibility, you mean? The flexibility of belief. I think that, uh, uh, you know, um, I think that it's a, it's a, it's, there's like, uh, well, if this doesn't work, I can, it, like, in terms of chaos magic specifically, yeah. it, it, if this doesn't work, like, if praying to, or there's specific gods that you can pray to, right? Mm-hmm. But you take them on and they're fickle. 
mm-hmm. instead of just this one entity that's the authority right. on all existence. Right. And so, right, right, right. so there's a there's a uh, uh, there's a lot more flexibility as in terms of feeling less bad about yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. Because, and, and, and so, so there's a lot more allowances for the complexity of life as opposed to like, what kind of God would allow this kind of thing, which is, turns it into like a polar, polarizing atheism versus, you know, Monotheism. Well, which is what made Catholicism wildly unpopular as time went on, you know, and why it wasn't the torture (laughs) beside the torture. I mean, just like all of these kind of um, very fickle rules to to how you, you know, and how you how you make it to heaven, basically. But But bro, um, the Italians got it figured out, man. You just make good food. Oh, do they now? (laughs) Just make good food, then you make it straight Make good food, have good sex, and God will forgive you if you're sad about anything (laughs) bad you did along the way. And that's like, that is definitely culturally ingrained in me, but I I see the paganism involved in that too, right? Sure. So, so it's, it's, it's a matter of scales and a matter of like what race is accepted when they did it, you know? And who becomes the authoritarian yeah. and who becomes the colonialist? It's, I, I love this shit. It's just, it's, it's, it's fucking great. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, and, and I have a lot of respect for, for all of this stuff. Like, that's one of the things that I like about chaos magic. It just sort of makes you understand belief systems as a whole and how they affect you and that they're inescapable and that they're valid yeah. to some degree because they're working for somebody somebody's doing some shit it's working for somebody they've sort of managed to rationalize it in a way that adjusts to their life if we're living in a completely rational world you know mm-hmm. and if there is no magic and if there is magic fuck it there's magic then there's magic right it's up to you so yeah those things are those things are actually quite interesting but yeah i mean how to bring this all back to oh i'm again, sorry to i do the that specifics to everybody. Of- <laughs> you're not the first person to say that shit <laughs> no i just but, get so also, so let's I maybe a specific tangent. deities i also bring it back on track specific so you said uh chango the orishas yeah, are so all of them right the orishas are all of these these gods um and i believe there there are very many I think like if you if you seek it out through like the Yoruba culture directly in Nigeria, they'd say that there's hundreds of them. From my understanding, um, I think in the Cuban Santeria, they mostly prayed about seven of them. Um, off the top of my head, we've got Shango, Chun, Yemaya, like, you know, Yemaya is the sea, associated to the sea, the god of the sea and water. Um, Shango is a fire. Um, you know, and they're all kind of, they're all related to, I was going to say, um, if you, if you say earth, to and, saints. Uh, I was going to say, earth, sorry. wind and fire. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and, I mean, they are. <laughs> I was, and then like the Actually, fifth element, the supreme being. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, kind of, and they all, and they all have, of course, they're like Catholic saint counterpart that they worship, um, alongside. Oh, okay. 
So they yeah. they acknowledge both. They haven't completely. Well, I mean, I've heard oh, that. Totally. I've heard both names. Totally. So I mean, that that's why when you walk into Santero shrines, which is like my favorite thing. Oh my god. So like, um, when you go into a Santero's house, they have to have a place in their house. I mean, if if you have, you know, if you live in a small place, and it's as long as it's like a corner. But as you, you know, if you have like a full house, you have to dedicate a room to your shrine. You know. Okay. And the shrine basically holds um, a space for each god because when you consult them, when you spiritually go to these gods, you know, you have to go to their boxes or to their their what they call soperos, you know, which is like a like a what do you call that? Like it's, it's like a a soup holder, you know, kind of a cauldron, but they're, they're very fancy. You know, they, they can be, they can range from being made out of gold, you know, 24 Mm. karat gold to some that are more, you know, modest, um, depending on your wealth, you know? So, and in these, in these cauldrons in these spaces in these boxes and these things, um, there are, the tools that each God needs. And then you kind of use them in, um, in, you know, rituals when you speak to those gods, basically. Mm -hmm. And in these shrines, in these altars. So ones that I've been in before, which are fantastic are rooms full where like they have deities like, or like La Santa Barbara, the St. Barbara, it'll be like six feet tall, like a statue that is six feet tall just to wow. worship. It's insane. That's or like fucking a San intense. Huge, you know? And then they'll have like all these amazing, like, uh, things like, uh, these, these horse hair kind of, um, whip looking things with lots of beads. They use a lot of colorful beads and, um, what are they called? Shells, caracoles. <laughs> I feel that people who, so there's two lineages, like Regla de la Ocean, Regla de Ifa. And um, if you're a Santero, when you're initiated as a Santero, Santero, mm-hmm. that's when you practice la Osha, which means the Orishas. You work directly with the Orishas, the gods. Okay. And then if you go further on, and it's also quite machista, this religion. This religion can get very machista on certain yeah. lineages, which is the Ifa. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm saying it wrong. It's Ifa. 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 That's what it is. The accents on the A. Um, you can only be a heterosexual man who can oh. go into this direction. And this is when you become a high priest, which is what you may have heard this word before, is what is called un babalao. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to like go there. <laughs> so, yeah. So a babalao can only be a man, can only be a heterosexual man. It's a very machista kind of, um, you know, it, it, there's even like roots of mason masonry, you know, like mm. in this too. It has these kind of freemason kind of vibes too so you only certain people certain kind of people can be in but santeros if you just remain in this part of la Osha of santeria from what i've heard you know they're very accepting it's of of it doesn't matter if you're a woman who practices if you're a um if you're gay you know uh so um so there there's there's, there's these little differences well there. it is miami you know, right yeah, well, this goes deep. This goes like <laughs> back to Cuba. You know, this goes really deep. 
way deep to Nigeria. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. All these things are crazy, but yeah. So I wanted to tell you at one point about what I know about how you get initiated. So you get initiated into the religion by other Santeros. Um, and, um, in these rituals, you know, once you've been initiated through the ritual, that's where there's like animal sacrifice and things like this. And I always find that that's the topic that really freaks people out. And that's also, let's, let's give a trigger warning for white people. Okay. Because <laughs> I just walked past the store th- today that is food just for dogs. <laughs> oh, and it had all these clever California phrase signs. And just uh-huh. so that you guys know, like, um, in terms of ritual, killing something historically in the occult has always had intense power. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, this is not just brown people killing animals. (laughs) Oh my God. No, (laughs) there's a purpose for it. I mean, there's there's purposes for it. They're offerings as well. Exactly. They represent really big things. Like, is it, is it feathers or is it blood? Like blood is like, does, does there need to be a killing? You know, they ask these questions within the ritual to see what the God needs offered. If it's, if, if, if the, God wants blood, then that's when a goat might be killed, for example. Um, not like something that they just take feathers from. Um, but these things, you know, but the, most but the, of the time, yeah. But these things, these, these sacrifices are made because it is an important thing, right? Like, oh, like sure. in, in terms of scaling of, of ritual, right? There's like things like ritual sex. Like if you're looking at just general occultism, there's ritual sex, there's, ri- there are, uh, there's sigil magic, there's a bunch of different ones. And one of the most powerful ones historically, like I, I just want to make sacrifice. it clear yeah. that like, yeah, sacrificing a living thing is a very important part of occultism because you're literally taking and and it has like if we're looking in terms of like um metaphysics and a lot you know using science as metaphor like matter cannot uh exist in the same space or you know like there's no new matter created right you take Mm -hmm. matter from something and it, it, it can be transformed like if you burn something it transforms but it becomes ash and it becomes smoke and it becomes a bunch of different things. It doesn't disappear, you know. And so so I think that metaphorically that's a very powerful uh, thing that, you know, if you kill something, that's a harsh experience. Sure. That, like, you know, that's not something that you're going to forget. <laughs> These are not no. – this is not the no, same thing as a serial not. killer, you know. So I just want to – like – I, I want to respect <laughs> the gods. Totally, totally. And in this case, I mean, I remember, um, so after these, these initiation rituals happen in these closed, you know, very specially set up air, um, rooms and areas and these, and these sacred areas for them, um, the Santero needs to stay there in this, in this kind of throne that's been built up for him, like an altar of sorts where he's protected for the next seven days and he has to stay there, sleep there, eat there, everything. Right. Uh But the next day from my understanding, I mean, from what I remember also as a kid, there's always a big celebration afterwards, you know, where they have, um, African drumming, where they have, um, you know, just a, 
it's there's really beautiful stuff and then there's food and that food is what I believe is the animals that were sacrificed. It doesn't get thrown away. It's not like gratuitously yeah. like just that then then gets cooked, you know, and served at the celebration afterwards. So nothing goes to waste in that sense too, which I kind of respect from it. You know, I think it also depends. <laughs> I think our bellies respect it a lot too. Cause we've had when they choke. <laughs> and it's so tasty. No, I mean like goat stew and like these great chicken stews and everything. It's, I mean, these women make, make really good food. So, um, those kind of things I'm down with. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, yeah, that was awesome. And then the coolest thing, Javi, was that, Oh man, these were so much fun to go to. A, because you'd eat good <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And B, just because you'd see like all these people doing these amazing rituals. So like when Santeros walk into the, the the room and they pay their respects to the initiate and to the gods, they would do these things where they throw themselves like I, this. I can't explain this. I don't have research. This is pure memory that's talking okay. right now where they would just like lay on these mats on the floor where I know like initiates have to like sleep on these mats as well and then kind of go down there and do these kind of movements and sounds and like throw themselves on the floor. And that was like their respect to that God or something or respect to what was happening. Like there's just so many layers of things happening. Yeah. But the most fun part. Yeah. The funnest part As a little kid, it's like a huge fucking party. (laughs) It's a party. But it is a party. You know, it is. The cool thing is also a party on top of that. And And, and I'm picturing it. And I'm picturing it around swimming pools that have screen door screens over, (laughs) depending on whether there was just a hurricane. (laughs) Exactly. Something was boarded up. Um, No, there was just like a lot of concrete. Like not enough grass, actually, <laughs> like Hialeah style. You know, um, oh, so a lot you grew of people up in Hialeah because that's also very specific. No, okay. no, no, I didn't. I actually didn't. I was born in Hialeah Hospital though, but I didn't grow up in Hialeah. But you know, it's just that typical Guano thing where they just way- like don't have grass; they just have concrete, so they can all like sit out there and they can well, clean it because it's do- easy to clean. <laughs> out here, they do the uh, the um, astroturf on some of the lawns because oh. everything is brown oh, right. and dead. Like there's just Dang, not enough water. That's to, true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy out here in terms oh, wow. of like that's difference nuts, in landscape. I can imagine how, like maybe cause it's cold right now, you're not getting bit by mosquitoes, but no, I don't miss beautiful. that shit at all. <laughs> exactly. I really don't either. You're trying this to get back to Germany ASAP. Oh Yeah. And the cucarachas, oh my god, they're like the, the ones biggest that fly, ones ever here. The palmetto bugs. Ugh, gross, dude. And this is the only time of year I will go to the Everglades, man. <laughs> oh yeah, because otherwise, body. it's like flying cockroach central. You know, ugh, yeah. I just want to make a. <laughs> I just want to make a point that Shark Valley is so it, like Florida is so flat that in the Everglades there's a place called Shark Valley, and it's called that not because it's a literal valley, <laughs> but because there's a trail that's shaped like a shark. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really nice actually. I've biked out there. Oh, it's great, sometimes. but it's not a valley. <laughs> no. It is not. And there's gators, not sharks. Oh, yeah. And they they can be mean. They 
can be mean. But in winter, they're they're very relaxed because they're it's too cold to be in the water, and they're just like sunbathing. It's great. <laughs> it's cute. Yes. But um. But yeah. But um. With those parties, you know those those crazy intense century of parties. Um, I thought the most interesting parts um, then where when the music was going, which is this very beautiful drum, Afro-Cuban beat, you know, music. And there's usually a woman who sings these different songs and it's, they're really gorgeous. They're really gorgeous. But at some point in the African drumming, as these santeros are dancing and doing like the certain dances that go for every song, for every God, someone always, always gets possessed. Nice. Someone always gets possessed. And this is so cool. So it'll be like, they're really feeling it. And then they're really feeling it. And then they're feeling it so hard that they start convulsing and like basically having a seizure and like falling on the floor. And everyone's like, move back, move back. Uh, What's going on? And then that person starts to convulse and when they come back they're speaking in african tongues so it's like yeah this is amazing this is so much this was so cool and i was there once when um the god Owatala came through someone and they would know it was him uh because of i think he was drinking from a coconut he asked to drink from one, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's like this. It's like, I'm not like, laughing. Oh, <laughs> I I I I'm visualizing it. <laughs> no, it's just it's just amazing. No, it's so cool. It's like they know that he specifically does that, so it must be him. And he's saying certain words, and this dude is like speaking, I guess you know Yoruba, this Lukumi like religious language, and he's going around. And then I remember he called out my friend, it was like a friend of mine who was my age. She was like maybe 11 at the time or 12. We were 12. And he went up to her and said, you, you are my daughter. You belong in this religion. And there was crying involved. It was like a thing. Like, she's like, Oh my God, I was like spoken to, you know, I was, and I think, I don't know if she ever, I mean, we, we never, you know, after a while, I think we went to high school and we kind of lost touch. And I, I remember they initiated her brother when he was about 10, he was younger than her. And my little cousin was initiated into religion at five. Um, Where'd you go to high school? I went to South Miami High. Okay. And middle school. So you were South Miami and High. South Miami middle as well. Damn yeah. you, you. I'm a South Miami girl. Is, what's the Hello? difference between South Miami High and Miami High? Oh, location. Okay. Location. <laughs> location and like... What are you, a real estate agent? <laughs> like location, location, location. Well, South Miami's in South Miami. Miami High is, is a very... Actually, Because that's Miami where my parents High. went. That's why I got confused. Okay. No, Miami High is more like... Um, is that near Shenandoah? I'm yeah. not... It's, it's yeah. definitely there. The Shenandoah Pool. That area. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like very classic Miami. And fun My, fact. Cuban Miami, yeah, for sure. Fun fact, the little pump Gucci gang video was filmed in Miami High. <laughs> oh, Because <laughs> he went to Miami High. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dropped out, clearly. Um, But yeah, that's filmed at Miami High. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was also Gloria where. Gloria Estefan went to Miami High. 
Oh my god, we could do a whole fucking episode on our one on celebrity, or on our two celebrities, Andy Garcia and her. Oh yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're important for us. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody knows her husband <laughs> outside of Miami, but everybody. He's <laughs> Emilio. <laughs> and that guy, man, he made Shakira, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's like legit, but that he's that's just legit. hilarious to me. Mm. Funny story. I was once with my family at um, a very important Cuban Mecca, Cuban restaurant in Miami called Versailles, um, which yes. should actually be pronounced Versailles. But <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so um, basically, this restaurant is a copy or uh, an ode, let's just say, to the palaces of Versailles and Paris. Yes. But it's uh, surrounded by Cuban food and mirrors. And um, it's fucking I, amazing. My family was sitting there having croquetas or whatever we were eating. And uh, there was Gloria Estefan and, and Emilio <sighs> and the, the baby, like when she was a little girl, she's like an adult now. Um, and they let us, they, I think like they let my grandma hold the baby. They were like what? really sweet. It was like, I wow. was like, they yeah. know who their fan base is. Like they, they oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't want to, and they're Cuban and they're like, we need Cuban food. Like we have to go to yeah. Versailles at the end of the day. Yeah. dude. Ugh, yeah. Well, what I. <laughs> That's that place is like where everybody was partying. I lived, uh, you know where I lived uh, back at, back in the day. Oh yeah, in the Gables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's so I was like, but I was in the Gables that was close to Calle Ocho. And yeah, that's, the cool that's where that party was when Fidel was getting oh sick, and they had oh effigies of him and shit right outside <laughs> of that restaurant. It's hilarious. <laughs> And they had a puppet. They had a Fidel Castro puppet that they were all like treating like a pinata. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People went in. People went in, you know. But um but he didn't die. He still had like a good decade in them after that. Because <laughs> like, so humans excited, never die. <laughs> they were like, yo! <laughs> this motherfucker's gonna die finally! He took all our shit. He's like ruined us and he still hasn't died. Yeah, it's sick, man. It's sick. It's also weird to just celebrate a death, uh, yeah, a know. possible death. Um, but, but hey, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a thing. White people may judge this conversation, but wait until Trump dies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, you're totally right. People would totally celebrate. You're right. Like yeah. the whole parade just for that. Oh, man. All right. Good point. <laughs> <laughs>